0: Hello and welcome to this unpacked short. I'm Charlie Pickles and I'm joined by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Peter. Uh, today we are talking actually probably about. And I always say these are favourite topics, uh, but we do have several. But this is probably my favourite topic uh, here at Unheard, which is tax. And it may sound dull, but actually it's fascinating, uh, and we are going to go on to explain to our listeners why they should care so much about tax. So. Taxes is, is actually kind of it's come back in vogue, uh, if that's the way I can put it. So we had the academic at Davos, uh, Rutger Bregman, is that right? The Dutch Dutch historian, sorry.
1: Bregman, there something we go, like showing
0: that. me up. <laughs> And he, you know, I'm sure many people have seen it, if you haven't checked it out on social media, because there's some fantastic clips of him calling out Davos and effectively saying, you know, all oh, you kind of millionaires and billionaires with your philanthropy, why don't you start talking about tax? And he had this great analogy of saying Davos is like going to a kind of firefighter's conference, but you can't mention the word water. <laughs> but also, of course, in America, we've seen Ocasio-Cortez um, uh, and Elizabeth Warren putting tax front and centre of the American kind of political Mm. debate at the moment, um, both in terms of much higher um, marginal tax rates, so much higher uh, tax on income, or with Elizabeth Warren introducing a a kind of, you know, a a super rich as wealth tax. So big topic of discussion. Mm. Um, But Peter, you're a bit concerned by the way uh, people are sort of presenting let's just increase taxes a quite nice, neat, easy thing to do
1: well yes and there was an exchange at um davos which um kind in of in a separate session in from a there. separate session which which uh, provided a neat illustration what happened was um michael dell the it entrepreneur was asked about the um alexandra ocosio cortez plan for a 70% marginal Um, income tax, which I think would would have been on on incomes above $10 million. And he said, well, I I don't like the idea of that. Um, Has there ever been a country that had that sort of marginal top rate of tax? And and is there an example of that succeeding? And on the very panel, there was an I think it was an economist, certainly an MIT professor, um, Eric uh, Brynjolfsson. And he said, yes, there is an example, the United States of America. And... On one level, he was absolutely right. Um, for a lot of the post-war period, America had a top rate of income tax, which was actually well above 70%, um, at times above 90%. And nevertheless, this was kind of the American golden age of capitalism. Therefore, yes, there is an example of this you know, working perfectly well. And everyone sort of seized upon this and said, yeah... Look at that idiot, Michael Dell. He's really been caught out there, hasn't he? Um, Except, of course, if you go back to post-war America, very, very few people actually paid anything like that rate of tax.
0: And that's not because they fell outside of the bracket that would mean they had to pay that tax. That's right,
1: yes. Um, You know... um, and also, it's a, obviously it's a marginal tax rate, so it's it's what you earn above. But then, even if if if, if it's ten million dollars, if you if you earn hundred million dollars a year, then you can expect your tax rate to be pretty much close to seventy percent in 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 that example. But it's just not the case that billionaires are paying even the existing. Shock, Top horror. <laughs> rate of tax, you know. I think it was uh, one of the richest men on the planet, Warren Buffett, who um, some years ago pointed out that actually the secretary in my office is actually paying a higher effective rate of tax on her income, on on, on her earnings, than, than I am. And that uh, this is just what happens is that billionaires have ways of shuffling around. Uh, The money they make so that it doesn't attract even the existing much lower top rates which came down in the sort of um, 80s. Um, So, the big problem of those calling for very high rates of tax now, like the 70% proposal, is not. The, the actual figure, and will this bring capitalism crashing down, is that, uh, is anyone going to pay it? You know, if you can't get people to pay at 35%, the full amount, without them using every avoidance scheme on the planet, how are you going to get them to pay 70%? And that, you, you know, we've had various loopholes closed, but others open up.
0: And it's, you know, it's interesting that you quote um, Scott Greenberg from the Tax Foundation, who, I mean, you say in your piece, Peter, may have a sort of slight interest in communicating the fact that that high tax rates don't work. But um, there is a great quote from him saying that there are many studies that show as marginal tax rates rise, income reported by taxpayers goes down. And, you know, this is interesting because the classic argument on the right would be as tax rates rise, either entrepreneurs or they stop being as entrepreneurial but actually what uh, seems to be the case is that as they rise those people just find cleverer ways of avoiding paying the tax and actually this doesn't just apply to income taxes and the sort of um, marginal tax rates that ocasio Cortes is uh, proposing but also to the wealth tax uh, type that Elizabeth Warren has suggested which is a sort of you know few percentage tax on the uber uber rich the wealth mm, aggregate yes, wealth of the uber yeah. rich and and you know it's interesting that in Sweden which you know was always the kind of poster child for wealth taxes found that during I think it was the sort of early 2000s and mid 2000s aggregate household wealth in Sweden increased by 60% But the tax take from the wealth taxes decreased by 60% because Mm. people just got found cleverer ways of, you know, hiding it, not reporting it, moving it to other countries. And so actually, what we really need is a smarter tax system rather than just saying, well, what taxes might we just slap on that, that, you know, will make the rich pay a fairer share, which... I certainly think they should pay a fairer share. Which brings us, Peter, on to your last point in the piece, which is actually, shouldn't we be looking, about, looking at what we're taxing in the first place? And maybe if we talked more about the rentier economy and the kind of rentier class and taxing more unproductive, um, perhaps more communal assets uh, like land, then actually we might be able to raise a bit more money and create a fairer system.
1: Yeah, because why should all forms of income be taxed just surely uh, just on the amount and not not on how how they were <laughs> extracted for instance um i heard so i heard someone on twitter i think say um oh, a billion a billion dollars is never made it's always stolen and i was thinking really um So J.K. Rowling stole her earnings from from her readers, did she? No, obviously in some cases people can get very rich because they do amazing things. It might be in the creative industries or it might be because they found amazing new companies, create lots of jobs. They've risked stuff as genuine entrepreneurs. Whereas then you get people that just make lots of money because they're landlords sitting on land they just happen to be in the right place at the right time someone builds you know a new subway station next and the value of the land goes up and they coin it in through rents now why should that sort of rentier income um, be uh, taxed at the same rate as someone who's made money in a pro- genuinely productive or way. indeed
0: at a lower rate which it currently is because yes, it would be capital yes. gains which is exactly. which is taxed at a lower rate than earnings yes are.
1: yeah it's sometimes the treatment is completely perverse so we've really got to look at sources rather than amounts I think if we get that right, then a lot of the um revenue flows will sort themselves out. Because, you know, for instance, if we are taxing land, ta- land can't be hidden. You know, it can't be offshore. It is the most onshore um asset there can possibly be. I mean it defines what the shore is, for goodness sakes. So um why on earth aren't we looking at that about the nature of the the sort of qualitative aspects of the tax system. And the reason for that is that it's it's much easier to write screaming headlines and to get lots of attention for your political career by just having a number, 70%, 90%, or if you're on the right, for saying we're gonna slash this by 10 or 20%. You know, numbers fit into headlines very neatly. Um, if it's an if it's an explanation of what a land value tax is, well, that's going to take several paragraphs and people might not even read that far. So the, this is the problem, is that to have the real productive conversation about tax, we're going to have to pay attention to detail and this sort of headline politics is not going to cut it.
0: Well, if Elizabeth Warren and uh, AOC, if they really want to look at how you make that work then I think it's Philadelphia or somewhere like that in America that actually does have a a form of land tax so they could check that out and then maybe come up with a sensible tax plan that might actually increase revenue rather than encourage avoidance thank you so much Peter Um, there we go land value tax everything leads back to land value tax at least it seems to in our conversations Um, thank you so much for listening Um, please do subscribe if you haven't already please do check out Confessions which is uh, another of the Unheard podcasts. it's fabulous it is kind of uh, kind of long form one-to-one conversations between the brilliant Giles Fraser as interviewer and some really fantastic really interesting um, distinguished guests from media philosophy academia Mm -hmm. um, all sorts Um, please do check it out you can find that wherever you get your podcasts And please tune in next time.